The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Actually, we're going to start with sport, or rather, a sporting-related story. So you might have seen that uh, jersey, an LA Lakers jersey that had been worn by the late Kobe Bryant during his. MVP season, this is his most valuable player season, fetched 5.8 million US dollars at an auction overnight. It becomes the second most expensive basketball jersey ever sold. And it's at the extreme end of what some are describing as a real boom in the worlds of sports memorabilia, retro merchandising and collection. John Duggan of Off The Ball is with me now because, John, I understand you're something of a collector yourself. Is that right? Uh, Kieran, yeah, good uh, afternoon and good evening. And I, Well, I'm a collector when I come across things. So when things happen to me, given the job I work in, uh, and when I you know, get, uh, live experiences, I sometimes come across things. So I have unusual things in my collection. For example, I've got Brian Cody and Henry Shefflin's autographs on one jersey, Arthur mm-hmm. Kilkenny 2014 All-Ireland. Nice. Um, uh, and I've got you know, the 1999 All, All Football All Stars, the Aircell All Stars. That's a bit unique. And uh, Shane Larry, when I met him after Port Rush, he signed his program. But I don't go out of my way, I have to say, to look for autographs or those kind of things because I don't really see the point in paying for something related to somebody you don't have a connection with. So I always find it fascinating. Maybe people for you know are fanatical about a sport that they want uh, Messi signature in a shirt or they want uh, Kobe Bryant or Muhammad Ali or whatever but I don't really see the appeal of it but I you know, I'm fascinated about the fact that I'm sure there are people in this country with stuff in their attic of, of rare value and uh, we don't really seem to have a Sotheby's here, you know? Yeah, no, we we don't and it's I guess it's rare you see this type of stuff coming up uh, for sale, uh, certainly not getting a huge amount of attention unless it gets very, very old. Most people's programmes or jerseys like that are just gathering dust in this country, aren't they? Yeah, and there was, I wouldn't be really interested once again in having something I don't have a direct experience with. So I have the Roy Keane programme from 2001. He's on the front cover of the Dutch game. Um, I was working that day in Dublin and I got that program and that's something of, of value to me. Mm. Um, like I'd be interested in getting my hands on the Thunder and Lightning program from 1939 because it was the day World War II started. I think it was Cork and Kilkenny, the All-Ireland final. But generally, like uh, a signed jersey by somebody that I don't have any connection with wouldn't personally have something for me. But I, I've seen auctions for for charity and for, for there are a lot of people who collect these things and are willing to spend lots of money on it. Steve Hodge, the uh, former England World Cup player, sold the Hand of God jersey that he swapped with Maradona last year for £7.1 million. My God. What that is an, an incredible amount of money for just what is a jersey at the end because I'm a little like I don't I'm not sure I necessarily get it, John. But for you, I mean the value in that Shane Lowry autograph uh, on the programme or whatever it happens to be, it's because you were there, you feel a connection to it. I feel a connection because I cover the event. It's on the island of Ireland. In 30, 40 years' time, it'd be a nice thing to have because it's history. And Fred Daly won the Open in 1947. It took 60 years to win the next one. So because it was the island of Ireland and Port Rush, I, mm. I was, he was just there. He signed it. I met Pele there 13 years ago and he signed to John. So it doesn't have any value for me to sell it on, but I wouldn't be interested in selling it on anyway. So if I was somebody who, for example, had the Euro Millions win and I bought Maradona's jersey, I'd rather give that back to the Argentine Football Association because I, thought, I think a lot of these memorabilia pieces actually belong to the people. Yes. Like Muhammad Ali's glove should belong in Louisville. Um, Kobe Bryant's jersey, 
you know, whatever. Somebody might want it for a private collection. But um, the hoarding of it, I think it's the thing, like, I don't know about you when you were young, uh, Kieran. Like, I was fascinated by getting an autograph of somebody when you're young, when you're a kid. Absolutely. You can see the childlike magic in that. Yes. But when you get older, you just realise the real hero is your friends and family. Uh, John, John, you know what? You're dead right. Uh, I remember uh, the first real sports stars we were exposed to when we were kids. Well, I guess... Hurling, Kenny Hurling stars, but yeah. we, 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 we kind of thought they were just a dime a dozen, <laughs> or that you'd see them all the time. I guess that's because they're so approachable, and you know you'd see them in their work. They'd be down the bank uh, behind the, behind the counter Monday to Friday, or they'd be teaching in the classroom. So maybe they didn't hold the same allure. But the uh, what was the Carol's Irish Open was uh, held in Mount Juliet when we were in primary school, and. I remember asking Sevy's caddy if I could ask Sevy for an autograph. This was a big right. thing. I sat, you know, I went up and I asked, "Will he be? Will, is it okay if I ask him for an autograph?" And the caddy just looked at me and, and said, "What are you asking me for?" And I went, "Oh right, okay." <laughs> so I just went up and asked Sevy, and he signed a golfizer. And like that, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. But then, do you know what? I lost it. And oh, no. I'm not sure. Yeah, it'd be nice to have it maybe this, I guess, you know, given that he's passed away and he was just such a legend. But I think you're right. Like, I think that was the one and only autograph I nearly ever asked for. Yeah, and uh, I, got, I had Glenn Hoddle's autograph on a napkin, which was given to my brother, my brother-in-law, and I lost the napkin. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know where the napkin is. Uh, so, like, I, I, actually, one of my the things I'm quite uh, happy to get have is Tony Keady, the former Galway hurler, yeah. hurler of the year, signed a hurl for me, and then he passed away, very sadly. So I'm happy to have that because I actually met him and got on with him. Yes. And I think that's... Um, I think that like, when I see um, these jerseys being auctioned, Messi's signature, and uh, I, I don't really... Um, I'll give you an example of something that I kind of really noticed, which was really interesting at the yeah. World Cup final. Salt by, remember he came on the pitch and he was an absolute Egypt. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, he was hassling Messi for his photo and selfie and all that kind of thing. And Messi was just getting really annoyed. And then Messi saw someone, this woman run up to him. And when he saw her, he gave her the most beautiful embrace. And like they were hugging and really delighted to see each other. She was the team's chef uh, in Argentina. Yes. And, and I, I think what it said to me was, you know what, you could get Messi's autograph in your jersey and it'd be a lovely thing. But if there's no connection with Messi, yeah. what's, the, what's the real value in it? I, Whereas the hug with that lady, yes. you would have had a real value as opposed to Salt Boy Haslam, you know? I'll tell you, I have a good one, John. My, my dad was the doctor with the county team for a long time. Right. And in 91, after Kilkenny lost the tip, Liam Fennelly was playing and he gave my dad his hurl. Walking off the pitch, he said, you know what? And he, he made some remark like, I won't need that up here anymore. You know, that's it. I'm packing it in. Uh, as he would feel uh, understandably despondent after losing. Of course, Kilkenny won the All-Ireland the following year and Liam Fennelly was captain. And Liam Fennelly then, after the 93 final, gave my dad his hurl again and said, I mean it this time. I'm definitely not going to want that uh, up here again. I'm done and dusted. So my dad in the corner, to this day in the corner of the bedroom, is uh, the hurl that... Liam Fennelly had in the 1993 uh, All-Ireland final when he was the winning captain and you know what you'll find a hurl above a bar or certainly you would have a few years ago in Ballyhale my dad was there and it was the All-Ireland winning hurl uh, owned by Liam Fennelly when he was Captain Kilkenny in 1993 even though my dad knew it was in his bedroom (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll give you one Kieran and I'm interested what the listeners say in 53106 do they have anything of major value in their attic or something they really cherish something rare something historical because 
you know, maybe in this country we might need a Sotheby's. But um, I went to the Grand National in 2002 at Aintree, the only time I've ever been. Martel, the brandy company, sponsored They don't anymore. And it was a beautiful inscribed Martel, little brandy nagging that I got to commemorate my trip to the Grand National in the press room or whatever. Yes. Left in my mother's house for about 10 years. Turned up one day and it was empty. I said, well, where, where's it gone? And she's a teetotal. And I said, well, what did you do with the, what did you do with the Martel? I put it in the cake. <laughs> well, I hope I hope people enjoyed the cake. Um, listen, it's not just John with us. Uh, Adam Moynihan is here as well, uh, a vintage GAA. Uh, Adam, I mean, you, you've turned your kind of love of these uh, older jerseys, memorabilia, vintage GAA, uh, as I said, into something of a business. Is that right? That's right, Jack Kieran. So basically in 2020, I found that I, found, I was finding it very hard to find GA jerseys. So I was always a collector of, of soccer jerseys and found it very easy to find jerseys from South America or Italy or Japan or wherever. But I'm a big GA fan as well, like coming from Kerry, and I found it hard to find Kerry GA jerseys from the 90s or the 80s or, or any period really. So I decided to, to set up this business on Instagram called Vintage GA. People can come and they can sell jerseys and buy jerseys. And uh, then towards the end of last year, I set up VintageGA.ie, uh, an online store. So it's been going pretty well. The feedback's good. I think there's definitely a market for it there. And it's just amazing how passionate people are about, about these old jerseys. And are th- these are not replica jerseys, are they? Th- these are actually old jerseys or is it a mix of both? No, they'd be exclusively vintage jerseys. Okay. So I think the jerseys from the time, yeah. yeah. And, and who tends to be the... The customer, Adam. I mean, is it younger people who just think you know vintage is in, or people who generally remember these jerseys when they were new? It's very much a mix. Um, you do get people who maybe have fond memories of the nineties or whatever period it is. You might have a, a Dublin fan who remembers the All Ireland in the mid nineties, and they want a jersey from that time. So there's that kind of affinity there. But there's also the newer generation, as you touched on. I think if you look at the the soccer jersey market in England and around Europe those jerseys have very much become fashion statements and it's not just a case of wearing jerseys to matches. They're even being positioned now when they're launched as being, you know, you know, style um, or yeah. fashion statements. So um, I think there is a touch of that as well now with the, with the GEA fans who are buying jerseys from vintage GEA. I see younger younger kids wearing these jerseys to festivals and nights out and things like that. So um, it's definitely a mix. Yeah, there's some great texts coming in. Ian and Cabin says, I have a letter from Robert Ballard, the man who found Titanic. There you go. Somebody else says, I have a rugby jersey signed by the 2007 Rugby World Cup winning South Africa squad before they played the World Cup. They were touring Connacht preparing for the World Cup at the time and I have it framed on my bedroom wall to this day. Somebody else says, I have Pele's autograph uh, or rather his biography autograph from when I met him in Dublin Airport. I wonder how many other people out there have a memorabilia. Somebody else has texted in and said, Kieran, what's a hurl? It's called a hurley. You can call it what you want in Munster. It's a hurl in the home of hurling. That's why it's called a hurl. Anyway, Paul Bean is with me as well of a football kit box. Uh, so, Paul, as Adam says, I mean, there, there has been something of a, a, a trade in the footballing world when it comes to older jerseys and memorabilia. That's something you're involved in. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us on. Uh, I have been involved for the last uh, three or four years in the um, football jersey space and it has exploded grown to um, a whole new dimension. Uh, I think uh, there was a knock-on from uh, the pandemic. Uh, I think uh, when people are feeling a bit low, nostalgia sort of comes in and uh, people were harking back to happier times maybe or their childhood and uh, 
there's a sort of an overall 90s revival as well uh, in in the cultural sense and the fashion sense. So I think that helped to fuel it. And uh, retro jerseys are definitely on the way up. Yeah. It's, and uh, and so I, your 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 jerseys then, Paul, the offering are. Is it retro as opposed to vintage? So as in, they're, they're not necessarily the old jersey from the time. It's a replica of it. Is, is that right? No, no, 100% oh. uh, authentic. Yeah, no, I don't uh, go down the, the route of the, the reproductions. Um, oh, so uh, these are the actual old jerseys? Oh, 100%, yeah. Wow. That's, that's all what people want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I have a number of different products. Uh, I, I, I normally uh, have a, a monthly subscription service whereby I feature different and unusual rare uh, football teams from around the world but I have a uh, vintage and retro products as well because some uh, some customers prefer those type of kits and um, they're very much in vogue at the moment yeah yeah listen I've the, the website open in front of me and there's a, a, a great selection of old jerseys uh, on it uh, football kit box is the name of the business Paul Bean thanks a million for speaking to us Adam Moynihan of vintage GAA likewise and of course John Duggan from off the ball 53106 I would love to hear examples I'm not a great collector of these uh, old jerseys I wish I had kept some of these old jerseys now that I'm looking at uh, football kit box and vintage GA because I had them down through the years but I tend to throw them out when they get too small like lots of people so uh, give me some examples of things maybe that you've kept that now count as vintage or, or, or would qualify as a piece of memorabilia you could sell or maybe you're somebody who goes out and collects these types of things what have you collected give me some good examples like I say 53106 and I collect mugs not any old mugs Bone China ones. And Mark and Cork says, whoever thought that last weekend's uh, England's rugby jersey was a fashion statement, obviously it worked in an abattoir. Horrendous, says Mark and Cork. For most people who are listening and wonder what I'm talking about, or Mark is talking about, there is these red streaks, I think he's referring to, uh, on the uh, English jersey. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy. With Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.